Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, everyone. This is Chris and Christina again, and it is always a privilege for us to sit down and and put this podcast together, these episodes. Um, and so today, we're going to be talking about a, a very significant relationship in the life of our family, but especially for, for my wife, Christina. And so I, I guess it was about three weeks ago, Christina, that our very good friend, Marty, passed away. Yeah. It was totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um We've been a part of this family for many years, and uh, Marty's one of those uh, people in your life that you go, they're always going to be here. They're always encouraging. They always lift me up. They're always a source of strength, and that's just not how it is because we're all human, and we're all going to die at some point, and that's where our faith in Christ as as two believers sitting here talking to you, we know what that's going to be like as, as far as what God says for us in the Bible. But in the meantime, we're human, and we grieve, and we mourn, and we're, just when I think I understand that, I realize I don't. So, Christina, yeah, we met Marty about 20-something years ago, maybe 21 years ago. Yeah, I, I do want to say something. Um, you know, one of our goals for the podcast is just to be real and authentic, and we wanted to record this podcast fresh, because there's fresh feelings and fresh emotion um, attached to this. And the beauty of that is, um, we're true to ourselves. (laughs) We're true to our authenticity. But sometimes when you let months pass and you read, uh, readdress an issue, you lose some of the, the poignancy of the moment. So we specifically wanted to record now to kind of capture the poignancy of, of the grief that we're in right now. So yes, we met Marty um, uh, 22 years ago. Our middle daughter Parker was one year old when we met. When we met Marty, yeah. Well, Marty was okay, a friend. She was like a sister to me, but she played some other roles in your life as well. So just, uh, I guess, let's start out by saying, tell us about Marty. Yeah. Well, um, when I met her, she was like 46 years old. I was uh, 34. I had two young girls. Two, our, our two young uh, oldest daughters were young. Libby wasn't even on the scene yet. She came into our lives as somebody who had had this radical transformation. She lived her life up to that point with no personal relationship with God. When we met her, uh, I'm guessing you jump in here and fill in the facts that like she had 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 this profound encounter with God like maybe six months earlier. I think so. Yeah, Yeah. and it's interesting. um, Because our faith is in God, um, I had thought about Marty a couple of weeks before we, I was reconnected with her. So I'm driving in this neighborhood in this town we lived in, and Marty and I had worked together for her family photography studio at some mm-hmm. point. We were not friends, but we knew kind of about one another. So many years had passed. I'm driving in this neighborhood, and I thought, I think that's where Marty lives in her with her family. And I thought, I wonder how she's doing today. Mm. I don't It had to have been of God because Marty was not a friend at that point, and I'd not even thought about her in many years. About two weeks later, 
she gets our phone number off of a, a cable TV show that you and I were on talking about a church that we'd planted. Mm-hmm. And at the back or at the end of the, um, the, um, the show, it gave our names and a phone number. And surprisingly, about two weeks later, after thinking about her, the phone rings and it's Marty saying, Chris, I don't know if you remember who I am, but I'm on a journey with God and I came across this cable TV show. We laugh about it. It's from the university at the time. And we probably two people watched that show at the time. Yeah, and maybe Marty was, was one, one of them. them. But anyway, uh, I said, she said, I don't know if you'll remember me or not. I said, Marty, I do. God brought you to my mind about two weeks before, about two weeks ago. And that's where it started. Yeah, so she came over that night. I remember her walking in, and she was, like I said, older than me. She was very put together. You, she was obviously a businesswoman. But her countenance was so filled with so much joy, and she shared her story of how she met God. And after that, um, we, she and I began to just, like, we would meet at Panera and, and have coffee and just begin to share each other's lives. But um, pretty early on in the relationship, um, she asked me if I'd come over to her house, and I loved going to her house. It was big. It was cozy. It just felt like a, a hug, you know. And so I remember going over to her house, and she had something that she wanted to give me. And so she presented me with this uh, Madonna, this mother and child um, picture. She loved to collect, like, um, the old religious icons and saints and things like that. And so this was a Madonna and child, and she began to tell me that she had gotten it from her mother's house, and that at that moment, that was the most uh, prized, or that was her prized possession. She said, this means so much to me. She said, and this morning as I was praying, uh, she just felt like the Holy Spirit prompted her to um, give that away to me. And so I sat there thinking, well, that's just kind of a weird thing. And then that one gesture um, really made such a profound impact on me because up until that point, I had relationships with women. I had friends, but older women, that was just tricky because of my relationship with my mom. And when she gave that picture to me, wow, I just felt like flooded with with love from God. And God was so tender to say, she's offering you the most prized possession she has. And I want you to give her your most prized possession. And I'm thinking, you know, like a tangible thing. And really what the Holy Spirit impressed upon me that the most valuable thing I had to offer her that I could give away was my heart. And after that, it's like, I engaged in a relationship with her that I'd never had before. It was, it was unlike just friendship. There was just a bonding. It was, uh, there was a piece of her that nurtured me like a mom. She was, um, my best friend. She was a mentor. She, I mean, I, I've just never had a friendship like hers. When you think about um, your your friendship with Marty. I mean, what are some other things that stand out? I mean, specific moments, words, things she said to you, knowledge, wisdom. What what are some things that stand out to you? Because there were like twenty two years of of this goodness that we were given. You know, it, it, uh, 
And I'm just going to tell you ahead of time, I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) But it wasn't like major big things. It was a thousand small things. I remember, um, you know, time is your most precious commodity when you're a young mom. And uh, she'd call me on her lunch break a couple times during the week. And uh, I'd put the girls (laughs) in front of the TV and I would, or if they were in school and one of them was at home or whatever, I would walk around the house with our cordless phone and I'd do the dishes or I would fold laundry. And this sounds so spiritual, but it wasn't. It was just who she was. She would tell me about, you know, this morning on my way to work, I was talking to God about this. And and then I got to work and I had some time to read some scripture and he told me this and but then it was also like, you know, I think it's time for me to to get a new wardrobe. <clears throat> it was just a thousand little things, but it was these constant points of connectedness. Um, One of the things you've said since Marty's passing, what, three weeks ago now, I think it is at, this, at the recording of this episode anyway, uh, is that um, you miss feeling really known some, by someone. How do... Explain that if you can. Because you said Marty knows me really like nobody else does. And I'm your husband. Yeah. Ooh, here's where that emotion comes. Ooh. By the way, it doesn't, it's incredible to feel known. Again, we. <sighs> We talked about how our friendship felt like David and Jonathan in the Bible, if you're unfamiliar with it. It's in the Old Testament, and David went on to be the king of Israel. But the current king, Solomon, had a son named Jonathan. David and Jonathan became so close. They loved each other so well in just this really healthy friendship, so much so that when Jonathan died, David went out of his way to find members of the family that he could care for. And we laughed. That's the kind of friendship that we have. Like the Lord put us together, you know, but even up until, you know, till her death, if she could just tell when I would pick up the phone and answer, you're not feeling well today, are you? (laughs) Or if by the things I post on social media, she said, hey, is something going on? I mean, she just was so intuitive to what was going on it was it was a connection from the spirit you know um she's also the kind of person that would uh be in a store at a thrift store we both love to go to salvation army or goodwill or whatever and if she saw something she'd pick it up this looked like you and guess what it would look like me it would be you know our tastes were very different. She was fancy and frou-frou and frilly and I'm not. And yet she knew exactly what I would get that, um, what my tastes were. Um, when I would talk about the girls and whatever phase of life they were in, um, she knew me so well and how, what they were dealing with, how it impacted me. Okay. She just told me about three weeks before she died. This is how, (laughs) how in tune she was. She said, you know, this is where you may need to carry the conversation. Okay. That's all right. You know, so a little bit of silence 
is normal. One thing that I heard last week, maybe it was a podcast, I don't remember, but as I go through my own grief uh, with the loss of Marty, um, this this uh, person was saying, in order to grieve and mourn well, we have to take some time to be still. So, Well, I'd pop by our house as I would, and we were just talking about the randomness of life and catching up and and she said, oh, by the way, um, our oldest daughter is married and, you know, all of our girls are now grown adults. She said, remind me, I want to give you a packet. She said, when I was still working, I went and printed off all of our emails back and forth when you lived overseas. She said, because I probably emailed her at least once a week, if not more, just, um, you know, phone connection was bad or time change, just catching her up and processing just like we would have done if we were here. Well, let me let me clarify for the, the listeners, Christina. Uh-huh. We lived in Austria for about nine years. And so we physically were not in the same country with Marty right. for that time. And your, your friendship just grew and deepened even right. more so. So we did a lot of our communicating through emails. <laughs> and she said, I printed off all the email conversations back and forth that the two of us had she said it's it's big enough it could be a book and i just think that that would probably be real special to you yeah the uh i think it was a day or two when we found out that she probably wasn't going to make it i'm in the office here at the house and when i'm upset dealing with some stress i tend to want to do something active. And so I decided to reorganize the home office. And uh, there were a lot of files I've been putting off. And so I began pulling all these files out of this cabinet and just sticking, uh, uh, placing these piles in different places as there was a lot of stuff. And on one of the piles was a a folded piece of paper. And what it was, uh, now keep in mind, you wouldn't know this unless I tell you, we moved back to the U.S. about four years ago or so. We didn't bring much back with us at all. And we started over with a, a home here in, in Oklahoma, here in the U.S. And so of all the things that would go to Austria with or be in Austria with me and I would bring back but get rid of most of everything we owned, there was an email from Marty that I found. Guys, I didn't know that I even had this. I normally don't print off emails. Uh, but this is, a, again, a day or two where we're, we're told she's probably not going to make it. She was on life support. Isn't that right, Christina? Yeah. Okay. And I thought, what is this? I pick a piece of paper up, and it's an email to me from her from August of 2009. Yeah. I had been in the hospital for some health issues. I'd been dealing with stress, trying to adapt to the Austrian culture and learn the German language. And she knew all this, and she cared about us, cared about me, and uh, was praying for me, but her email was so the time, the time of it just amazing to me. And I had the privilege of giving it to her children, her adult children, um, and then reading it at her, uh, memorial service. And, um, so it's another reminder for me, God, as our father cares about the details of our lives. And he allowed me to have that email that I never knew existed, didn't remember it existing at just the right moment. Yeah, and I guess I guess what I'm trying to communicate, um, it is it is so okay to grieve. As I've read through the Bible and I see, you know, in Ecclesiastics 
where the author writes about, there's a time for everything. Um, Jesus grieved. Um, in fact, in Isaiah 53, it calls him a man of sorrows. He was well acquainted with sorrow. And sometimes as Christians, we want to rush through the grief process because, oh, well, we want to appear strong. I am so sorry. I do not have a, <laughs> I do not have uh, patience for being unauthentic. Is that a word? As Christians, we're, we have human experience and grief is part of that. Um, and so I guess for today, I, I, we all have friends, right? Not necessarily, Christina. That's true. We have degrees of people in our life to acquaintance. Some of us are very privileged to have close friends. They can be family members who are close friends, or they can be non-family members that are close friends. But what I had with Marty was so extraordinary. I want to give my life away like she did to me. I want to impact somebody so deeply that even who who they become, there's my fingerprints in them. Um, during this transition, I have three other sweet friends that I've not known as long as I've known Marty, and, and they were grieving for me and with me during this process. And I gave them the email that she had written you. Written, yeah, written to yeah. me, okay. And one of them said, Christina, her writing, I hear your voice. And I just thought, oh, and she said, it's evident that she really mentored you well. And I thought, what a great compliment that if now all these years later, there's things in me that resemble her, um, man, I'm, I'm the better for it. She so generously gave her life away to me. And I think from a, not an outside perspective, but your relationship with her was different than mine. Yeah. Uh, it did Marty didn't, you didn't feel like a, a project with Marty. No, not You at knew all. it's a relationship that's important to her, and she, she was not hesitant to let you know that. Uh, she helped us in so many ways, tangible ways, uh, but also listening to us, praying for us, pushing us. Uh-huh. I mean, in that, in that email uh, she wrote to me, she pushed me, said, Chris, look, I know you're stressed, and all the, it's a big learning curve, but you've got to be still. Uh-huh. And I've learned to be still, she said in, in this email. She goes, and you've got to hear from God. So basically, I need you to chill out. And she, she was able to say those things because she believed in us. Well, and she didn't shy away from the ugliness of life. So when uh, I was 35 and Libby came along, I had a severe... Now, Libby is our youngest daughter. Right, our youngest daughter, Libby. I had severe anxiety and she did not shy away from, you know, I I felt terrible. I had, I wasn't myself. I probably acted terrible. And she was consistent and she showed up and she pressed through and she reminded me, you know, you're going to get through this. Um, God has not left you. Um, she didn't shy away from the ugly, you know, Um Chris, I want to go to that conversation you and I had yesterday. Um, 
we decided to take a hike, get out of the city for a little bit. And we took a hike in the, in the little wilderness area. And one of the things that I've really been pondering since her, her passing, her graduation to heaven is that, um, she prepared well for, for life. She prepared well by studying God's word, by knowing God's word, by giving her life away. The last years of her life were really, really hard. She was a primary caretaker for aging parents, still was when she passed. Family drama, uh, her own health issues, her own isolation with COVID. And yet, all the years that she was so faithful to the Lord and was faithful to the end, prepared her for the really hard times, the latter years of her life. And um, even now, her life is still speaking. (laughs) Her life is still um, teaching me. Yeah. And it's it's really sweet. I, I think about her a lot. One of her sons, uh, all three of her adult children spoke at the celebration service. And one of her sons said, you know, uh, mom was always with us, always around us. And um, he said, every time I would get ready to say goodbye, he'd say, uh, bye, mom. And thank you. And he said, because she was always doing things for us because yeah. she would express her love by just caring for us. And one of the things that uh, with the, the loss of Marty, I, I, it's been resonated in my mind is this. After she passed, I said something to you about, you know, maybe I need to go visit my Aunt Peggy, mm-hmm. who lives a couple of hours away from us. And she's like a second mom to me. And she's 90 years old now. And uh, you said, well, just do it. Yeah. And then I thought, why would I not do that? And so I want to, I've been stirred by the loss of Marty with this, this statement. Why would I not do that? Because I can give reasons and excuses. Well, I've got to do this or I've got to do that. Yes, we have work. We have responsibilities. But at the end of the day, I want to have more balance in my own life where I go, why would I not take time to have this conversation with this person? Had well, Marty not done that, Christina, we would have missed out on a lot of um, a lot of good things. There's so many stories that I can tell that are just sweet and funny things, but... I I know this is going a little bit longer, so I want to wrap up with this one last story. When um, it was a sudden uh, shock, um, there was no opportunity to say goodbye to her. And so when I was driving home from the hospital late Sunday night, the day of the event where her heart, she had cardiac arrest, I was just sobbing. I was talking to the Lord, and I just said, God... I didn't get a goodbye. And then I just felt, (laughs) I probably started laughing out loud in the car because I just felt him say, oh my word, every time you left her, she gave you a goodbye. There was not, whether I popped in to bring her a Coke Zero or drop cookies off at her front porch or to borrow something, whatever she was doing, There was a proper goodbye. There was a hug, sometimes a kiss on the cheek. And always, and I love you. And it wasn't, I love you, see ya. It was not an I love ya. It was, I love you. I love you. I love you. 
Yeah. Anything else? So the Lord was just so sweet to say every time you said goodbye to her. It was a good goodbye. So I've warned everybody around me. (laughs) When you leave my presence, I'm going to make sure that I give a really good goodbye. Because you never know. You don't. So, um, bottom line, we've been given a great gift in the friendship and relationship with Marty. And I don't take it for granted. And I've got some good relationships, but I want to be more deliberate about giving my life away. And that means choosing to have conversations where you listen well and you care and you, you do what you can for someone else. And so, but Christine, at the end of the day, the most important thing Marty gave to us was a better understanding of who God is. Right. The purpose of Jesus mm-hmm. and knowing the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 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 So I guess if we're going to tie this up in a bow, um, grief is a natural, normal part of life. Man, there is so much value, just as you've heard through Marty's story of giving your life away. Of just giving your life away because it matters. And uh, it's been a great reminder the end game is not this life. <laughs> it's the life that waits us. And she's there now. Um, and I know that because she had a personal relationship with God. Her spirit's alive in eternity. And so what you do matters. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we so appreciate you uh, listening and being a part of our podcast. And we're, we're excited about uh, where this is going to go from here. So thank you again. We want to thank you, as always, for listening. If today was helpful, if something that you listened to was helpful, we would really love it if you would go to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review, download, subscribe, and for all things related to podcasts, if you'd like to give a financial contribution to help us continuing bringing this sort of broadcasting to you, just go to FahrenheitMentoring.org.